greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Open the pod bay doors, Al. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. The price is wrong, bitch. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. To critics not cynics the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic uh, thank you if you've been sticking around for these past two months without listening to any new episodes uh leslie's on the on the podcast with us today and, and as well as my co-host patrick and uh leslie and i work at the same job and she can attest to how busy we've been this peak season at work right so it really helped to kind of take that break and we pat's uh getting married in in a week from the time of recording so we wanted to get one in here with him back on there uh so are you excited uh a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i better tell izzy about that little hesitation there um but yes, this is great because I wanted to have a, a podcast with all of us on here. You know, Leslie's guested a couple times and she was going to kind of guest while you guys are on your honeymoon. But I would, you know, kind of like to make this a little bit regular. I know there's some movies that you and I watch. Um, she she won't really watch because she's not big into the horror genre a whole lot. But uh, I think we can always kind of find at least a movie here and there or some TV shows that we can all cover. But um, this week is, I think, going to be a, an easy, easy one for us. We're only going to cover one movie because um, we're just testing to see how long this is going to take since there's three of us all here on the on the podcast. Um, but I want to get some stuff out of the way first that uh, subscribe to the podcast on, you know, you can subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We might be on Pandora soon. I know I did some stuff to get that ready. Um we, if you would please uh, rate and review the podcast. We finally got a couple more ratings on on iTunes, so that was kind of nice to see. Um, and just again, thank you for everyone that's listened during this time. I was really surprised to kind of see that we were getting episodes played while we were on this break. So, with that out of the way, um, we're going to cover this week the Vast of Night, which is uh, a Amazon Prime movie. I don't know if it was necessarily meant to be a straight to Amazon movie, but it might have been. Uh, you know how they have, like Netflix has their original movies, but uh, overall, I think it was a very interesting film to check out. I know when I saw the trailer, I was immediately telling Leslie, like, hey, check this out. I think I think you'll like it. And, uh, and same with you. Uh, I think I thought you might enjoy it. I figured it would be an easy one for us to cover. It's a little bit of the sci-fi genre. Um, So we're going to go ahead and play the trailer for you guys, and then we'll get into talking about the movie. Number, please. Hello? Number, please. Large object holding 
WOTW Radio in Cayuga, New Mexico, and this is the news for the hour. Now, what would you like to tell us about yourself? I don't know. Well, aren't you like some big science girl? Tell me about science. that seems to be bouncing around the valley tonight. Yes, I have a story that might be helpful. I can tell you what's going on. The sound we heard out in the desert, it was coming from thousands of feet higher than anything could find. They've come here before. They've liked this place. They always have. So that was the trailer. And the premise of it is um, in the twilight of the 1950s on one fateful night in New Mexico, young switchboard operator Faye and charismatic radio DJ Everett discover a strange audio frequency that could change their small town and the future forever. So with that said, Leslie, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your thoughts and opinions of, of the movie? Um, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. It had an interesting kind of Twilight Zone feel to it, and especially with like the old bubble television that they um, open on at the beginning. Um, for me, the tone was a little confused, like I had talked to you before. It was so tense for the characters. There were times when I was thinking, should I expect a jump scare right now? Like expect like some random alien or something to pop out and start terrorizing the rest of them, like a little more horror. But I think it was mostly just that theater of the mind, um, really tense and playing on like a low level creep factor on you the whole time, kind of. But I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the music that was in it, especially towards the end, where the music had like a light and kind of wondrous tone. But also there was that tense kind of, I think it's a violin in the background playing. Um, I'm not sure like what else to really go deep into on the movie other than again i liked it like the music uh there were some stylistic choices in it that i assume were director or editor's choice that i thought were odd but overall i'd recommend somebody to go watch it i think it's a good solid little movie all right all right well i i agree um i think because i i don't uh want to spoil anything so i'll go ahead and give mine and then we'll hand it off to you pat um i think that yeah, there were some weird editing choices. I, I felt more so at the beginning because you had mentioned to it you didn't quite like how um, some of the scenes were edited. And I think like for me, parts of that was at the beginning. It was there were sharp cuts like when he's walking from his car into the gym and then going to find the where 
the electrician guy was wanting him, but it really wasn't him. He had him confused with Elliot, who they thought worked at the radio station. Um, and then there are those moments where it cuts back out to the bubble television and then it goes back into the movie and then there's some fade outs. And I think one fade out I really enjoyed was the um, the fade out for um, when Billy is telling his story on the radio, because that allowed the audience to kind of imagine what he was seeing uh, or what his story entailed, you know, visually. Um, I also agree that the score I thought was fantastic throughout, like at the very beginning uh, through most of the film, it's it's. It's lighter at the beginning when we're getting introduced to the characters, but once the signal is heard by Faye, um, it starts kind of picking up a more tense feel to it. And there are several other moments where then it cuts out to that black and there will be either just absence of noise or any type of character dialogue that I didn't quite understand what the purpose of that was. And so I agree that there was some weird choices that they made editorially. Um, I think for definitely for an ending without spoiling it, I I liked how it ended. Um, they did some things that I did not quite expect for them to actually do considering I didn't know what type of budget that they might have had for this movie because it wasn't like a major studio, um, production. It was just, you know, indie budgeted and everything. And I think that they, they did it well. There are some other things that I have kind of questions with that story-wise, more like with the old lady and with what she tells on her side of the story that kind of is a companion piece to Billy's story and what that overall means for the people of this uh, small town. But I I really liked our two main characters um, and the, the actors that played Everett and Faye, I think, did a really good job. Uh, they had great chemistry, but I also felt something a little weird that I'll, uh, I'll bring up later once we're doing kind of our overall back and forth on this. But I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was good. There were some weird po- uh, weird points onto it. And uh, I think Pat's going to bring this up when he talks. Um, it did take a little bit to get started. But for me, it wasn't um, it, the characters were doing enough for me that I was enjoying what I was seeing. So it wasn't like I was sitting there watching my watch, but I was able to kind of pinpoint right where he felt that it finally kind of started picking up. But that's that's kind of what I've got to say about the movie. So, Pat, let's go ahead and hear what you got to say. So starting off, the movie does take a long time to get started. (laughs) You hear the same story about a squirrel biting through a wire maybe 10 times (laughs) within the first 20 minutes. But it was a chipmunk. I was like, okay, if I hear this story again, I might have to stop watching. But bared through it, and about around 40, like 35, 40 minutes in, you get this caller, and it's Billy telling this story about the noise, and, like, that's when it kind of grabs you. Just, like, it, it really set the mood for the movie. Yeah. And... When you were playing the trailer, I didn't watch it before watching it. I, I would have wanted more had I have watched the trailer. But okay. based off of the budget and everything, I think they did a good job with what they had. Um, and then towards the end, it does kind of fade off. I would say that the 
the supporting characters didn't really have a role. It was no. you you had the the main guy that runs the station, the switchboard op- operator, and Billy. Yeah, that's about it. Like the rest of the characters don't really matter. Um, the stuff going on at the gym didn't really matter, other than people weren't where they were supposed to be. Um, I guess it was more to set the tone of like the uh, the time period. Yeah. Um, just kind of small town. Everyone's in the same place and can't really get a hold of anyone. Right. But I did. Overall, I'd say I liked it. Okay. Um, I don't really, I don't really have anything else to add right now. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, it seems like uh, about all th- all three of us really uh, liked it. We all had I think different parts of the movie that we kind of wanted to pick apart and uh, criticize a little bit. I uh, I do agree that the trailer kind of does make you think that there's more there because I. I was expecting something, I think, grander um, from from it, but I wasn't disappointed necessarily with what we got. One a special point that uh, I, I'm glad that they addressed it because I know um, I picked up on it is that Billy um, is is black. And so, like, I went as soon as he called in, I could kind of hear it in the in how he spoke. And I liked how. Uh, although I don't under I don't understand it from you know my perspective because I didn't you know live during that time period nor am I black, but him when he's telling the story and Everett's like well why why would you never have told this to anyone else, and he says well it's because I'm black and no one would believe me, and so I, I felt that that was a very interesting um, aspect to the story that they were telling, especially when he says that everyone that in his story, everyone that worked on this project together were minorities and that it was strategic that it was minorities because if they went to try to tell other people, no one would believe them. So I, I thought it was a very interesting aspect to the film that they addressed. Uh, now I'm going to ask either one of you, uh, if you guys have anything to comment on it, did you feel anything weird about, although the chemistry was really good between Everett and Faye, anything a little bit weird that she's a 16 year old in high school and he's maybe in his twenties and that, that like, I mean, he was never untowards towards her, but like it felt a little weird that, you know, cause she's heads over heels for him essentially. I mean, it's addressed a lot of times, even in the trailer when she's saying, stop smiling, stop smiling because her friend is like happy that she's hanging out with Everett. It's felt that that was a little bit weird that there was this kind of relationship between the two of them. Not for the time period. I, yeah, I, I'm trying to keep Not that into for the account. time period. Yeah, because thinking about like uh, my own grandparents and their brothers and sisters and that age range and how they would go ahead and be paired off pretty much at like 16, 15 or 17 was like, you're, you're pairing off and that's the guy you're going to marry. It didn't feel awkward. It would have felt more weird to me if he was portrayed to be a lot older okay so you don't really know how much older he is and like you said he kind of looks like he's maybe 20s you know between 20 25 ish is kind of my read it didn't seem weird to me at for that age range okay yeah i would say because like i think he's he's been through college at least so he's probably still early 20s like 21 22 um but 
it, it, it still felt a little bit weird to me. And I, yeah, I'm looking at it through a modern lens, um, especially with just stuff we hear about today uh, going on just in Hollywood and stuff like that, that that just felt a little a little bit odd to me. Um, Pat, do you have any comment on it? Yeah, I think about it the same way. I think about Pete Rose. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, enlighten us, uh, non-sports uh, fans here about Pete Rose. Yeah, there's stories about Pete Rose, like during his early time playing baseball. Okay, and hooking up with younger women. Okay, so yeah, I, it's 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 just one of those things where I think like. I think it was accurate for them to portray because, like, as Leslie said, it's it's pretty much par for the time period. Well, um, think about um, Elvis. He met his what was what's her name when she was 14. Priscilla. Yeah. yeah OK. That sounds right. Yeah. Well, I, I know it's Priscilla, even though I, I hate Elvis. I don't <laughs> know why I have to know who he married, but I, I know who it is. I think it's that's my... that same. That's that same era. OK. Yeah. And she and was 14. That was, I think, that one of the things I did really like about this. Because even though you can't, like, as the premise says, it's in the twilight of the 1950s, you can't pinpoint exactly where in the 50s it falls, but it feels the 50s. It looks the 50s. It, they they talk like it's the 50s. The Just even how the basketball players' uniforms are, how the gym looks, the equipment they use. And a counterpoint to your annoyance with the chipmunk squirrel story is that is so um what's the word i'm looking for um representative of small town uh life that like everyone knows that story and everyone's got to repeat that story to keep it kind of relevant because it was this it was this grand thing that happened even though when you look at it from a big city kind of perspective that's like okay yeah squirrel chew through a power line but small towns you know it's it's gossip 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 and nothing quite special has happened to this town except for what happens this night um and i agree also with with the kind of the side characters i i get what they were trying to do with the old lady but she wasn't nearly as compelling. Her story wasn't even nearly as compelling to me as Billy's story was. Um, it it felt just just weird because it didn't it didn't seem to really connect because she says it's companion piece to his story, but it's a completely different experience that has no real actual ties to what Billy said, other than what happens to her son and he disappears. And it's it's not like she was the daughter of one of the military officers that was in charge and she knew what was being buried or what they were trying to hide. So it felt really weird. And especially when that language piece came into it, even though that kind of plays another important part when they're in the car with the other couple, it, it the, that those character, other characters weren't nearly as compelling as Faye as Everett and as Billy. And, um, that was one thing else I wanted to bring up and ask you guys. Did you feel like the the couple that they run into that have been following whatever's been going on in the skies, did you feel like they were act- an actual couple or that they were, like, government people? There was something weird about them where they didn't feel like... They felt really out of place. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that read, Pat? I wouldn't say they felt like government people. I just feel like they weren't written as well and it kind of just felt off. 
Okay, because like my my initial my initial read of them was they were a couple when they first show up in the town and they're like we're, we've been following something in the sky. But then when they get in the car later with them after they've recorded with the old lady, they almost seem to be like interrogating Everett and Faye what they heard. And then once the the words play on the on the recorder and they start because that not tied to any type of government thing. It's whatever these other beings have been doing to humans as a whole plays into a factor, but I was never quite sure what their intentions were actually meant to be. And I do agree with you. It was, it was poorly written. Like if they were meant to be government, it should have been expressed more. Um, I don't know if I have anything else I kind of really want to point out, but it looks like you got a, a thought. Yeah. When, uh, when they go to interrogate the, the older lady, mm-hmm. And she's kind of telling her story. And he he kind of gives the impression that she's, like, full of shit. Right. And, like, she has that piece of paper that he she goes to hand him at the end. And it just kind of leaves you with that, like, cliffhanger of, like, what did it say on that? Well, no, it was the, it was the words. She wanted him to have the words. And so oh, to repeat them to another, yeah, okay. yeah, that's why something different. when he turns the recorder on and gets to the words, that's why they have the reaction. Cause she wanted him to say those words to someone out in the town. Gotcha. I um, thought it was something different. No, no. Cause like, I do want to, I do feel bad for her, especially with how it ends because of what her request is without going into details, what her request is. Um, it, it feels kind of sad for her because it's like that was her moment. And because he did act with this kind of air of, okay, you're, you're full of it. We're leaving. She's now missed her opportunity. And, um, uh, see Leslie, you have anything else that, uh, you kind of want to mention or, or bring up? Um, I did read one review online that had mentioned they felt this was more like a radio play, and that kind of really clicked for me when I yes. watched the second time, especially when you're talking about like how long it takes to get into it. I was like, I could see this. This is a radio play. Everybody's sitting around, and every character has to give exposition and tell their story, tell their story, tell it for a long period of time before you actually get to what's relevant. So yes. it's, it's kind of a weird t- mashup of taking that and trying to make it a visual medium. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this feels a lot like a, a podcast, um, like ones I can think of as uh, King's Fall uh, F- FM or AM. I, it's it's a great podcast. I recommend people go check it out or kind of like Welcome to Night Vale, but Welcome to Night Vale is a little less centralized on, on their story, whereas King Falls is like telling one cohesive story. Um, it, it feels like this might have been an audio dramatization that then they adapted to an actual film. Um, one one other aspect I do want to bring up is this is very much feels like an early Spielberg film, uh, kind of like a Stranger Things in, in, in the sense that it's a small town and weird things are going on and there are people in the town trying to figure it out. Um, but this feels kind of like an E.T. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, early, early Spielberg picture. And I, I really kind of appreciated that. And I I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it definitely worked for me. And I did also really appreciate, uh, although I've actually thought it was them actually just like someone's TV and it was showing the Twilight Zone. 
Um, they had a really good Rod Serling impersonator, and then the way that they did the whole title into The Vast of Night, they called it Paradox Theater. And so going back to that like audio drama um, play thing, that I think was part of what they wanted to go with it. And I, I really liked it. It almost feels like this is maybe one of a series of different films more like kind of like feature length Twilight Zone or Outer Limits uh, type shows, and I really liked it. All right, anyone got anything else they want to talk about? I think that does it. About for does me. it? Leslie, anything else for you? All right. Well, uh, for me, I think a, a score I'm going to give it is probably a three out of five, um, just for those weird editorial choices that they do make. Sometimes, uh, you know, they go to that that TV view too many times for me. Um, and that kind of took me out of of the movie a little bit. Um, I think there were too many fade outs, but the overall story I really liked. The actors did a really good job, at least our main actors. And that's not to really criticize the other actors that are in the movie. It's just that they like Pat said, they aren't really well written they don't really have a whole lot of screen time. The movie's focused on Everett and Faye. Um, although I will say again, Billy is very powerful and we never even see him on the camera. We only hear his phone conversation and he does such a fantastic job. Um, the score again, I think is beautiful. I know I was just sitting there and just enjoying that final, final uh, piece right there at the end of the finale of the movie. And I, I, really liked it so yeah uh, said what three out of five for me so uh leslie what what about for you um i'd probably go ahead and give it like a 3.5 just because you know in in general i really like sci-fi i have a lot of leeway with sci-fi and and liking it but it really does come down to those editorial choices pulling it down um every time when they would pull out to that bubble tv is when i was expecting okay are we seeing the aliens watch them now Am, am i supposed to see like something's gonna pop out and and be weird, but it was just a weird choice to go out and then back in and then out and then back in. But overall, I think like with some tweaking, it could have easily been like a solid four. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Pat, for you? Three out of five as well, but not for the same reason. I think it was just more the, how long it took to get into it. So their pacing for you was off. Yes. It took a long time for it to actually get the ball rolling. And then it, kind of cuts off abruptly not really leaving you with a whole lot yeah um yeah i didn't really mind the editing i I did like the tube tv thing it was it may have used it a couple of times too many but i thought it was a cool aspect all right all right well um yeah i think that's uh i think that's going to do at least for our discussion of this movie i know you wanted to talk about another film, but that's going to have to wait uh, until after you guys come back from your honeymoon. But Leslie's going to probably be filling in for you while you're out. Uh, I know we've already got one we want to talk about, um, although I, I would like to, to get your uh, impressions on it when you get back. I, I just don't think you've had any chance to, to watch it yet. But Reprisal uh, is one that we're going to cover, which is set in Cincinnati. And, you know, you and I have been in Cincinnati all our lives and Leslie and I work downtown. So there's some really cool moments for us, you know, just being from this area, uh, seeing that movie, it's may not be the best movie in the world, but it's still got some, some enjoyable features to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else we have kind of scheduled out to talk about here in the future, but, 
we'll we'll be keeping it going. We're going to be back to our I think regular. Um, we may not have a new episode next week, uh, only because be recouping from the wedding and everything. So it's going to be a busy weekend next weekend. But uh, we're going to be back onto our regular schedule shortly after that, and hope everyone's kind of surviving this lockdown uh, with however long it's going to continue. Uh, hopefully. Things get better soon. Uh, any any parting words from you guys? I know as soon as, I know, <laughs> I know as soon as I get back, I'd want to cover Vivarium. That that's the one. But that's that's about it. All right, Leslie. Any final I think words? You should watch Prospect. I liked it. Prospect. Oh yes, Pedro God, Pascal. I know that movie. Because I got it on my watch list. I, I, I know that movie, but every time I hear the name, I forget immediately what that movie is. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, that, that one will be on our list as well. Uh, maybe we'll cover Reprisal and Prospect on our next episode, uh, and then uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do then. But I, this might have been a little bit shorter episode, but uh, I appreciate you guys for being on, and uh, we'll see you guys all on the next one.